0: This episode of the Sunspots Comics Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. Cryptid Zoo is a t-shirt line uniquely infused with augmented reality and inspired by cryptozoology figures like Bigfoot. It is designed by artist and owner Julian Meyer and check out the amazing unique shirt designs at cryptidzoo.com. And don't forget to use the promo code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you will get 25% off your shirts. Again, that's www.cryptidzoo.com. You're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For
1: the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow we
0: look no for the friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now There's nothing left inside. I found a hole in the My heart is open wide. There's nothing left to show. I know I got high, but you didn't have to leave me so. Hello, my magical and mystical friends. Welcome. You are listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 79 covering new comic book day november 2nd and let me tell you it is a potassium rich bundle of comic book fresh produce i'm your fruit-filled host chris latori thank you so much for joining in on the nerdy time that is the sunspots comics podcast where i give you a list of amazing comic books to buy and read every single week please follow us on instagram twitter facebook and xbox at sunspots comics and now you can actually hit us up on youtube and watch some videos it's i know i'm a little late to the party but it's youtube.com slash lat that's t-o-p-h-e-e-l-a-t soon it's going to be named sunspots comics but youtube is doing their thing whether they're going to approve it or not approve it and also thank you to my friend nick papa george for making our fantastic sunspots comics theme song Please check him out at Facebook.com slash Nicholas Dell Music. He's got a brand new song that just hit iTunes. It's called Power Within You, and it's really good. It's like reggae rock and ska and island-style music, and it's just infused with positivity. So check out his song, Nick Papa George, my buddy. Thank you. And also thank you to my son, Justin jables Latore for our work on our fantastic Sunspots Comics blog. Please check it out at blog.sunspotscomics.com. And follow him now. He just changed up his uh, Instagram and Twitter name to @justsunspots. Very cool. And his latest blog is on his review of the wonderful new Marvel movie, Doctor Strange. So please check out his blog. It is fantastic. So let's get into the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 79, with some nerd things floating around in my nerd brain. And the first thing is a audio review here for you guys. For Justin and myself reviewing the Doctor Strange movie. Spoiler alert on it, but we really don't go too heavily into too many spoilers, but just be be cautious, because there is some stuff here, of course, that we would give a tip upon, but it's not too bad. But uh it's about 20 minutes or so, me and Justin reviewing the Doctor Strange movie. Here you go. Enjoy. Alright, so here we are. We're actually uh, Justin is here. Thanks for coming, Justin. Yo, what's up, guys? Hi. So we're going to give you a spoiler-free review.
1: No, we're gonna spoil the crap. Out
0: we're of it. gonna spoil the crap out
1: of it. Well, we'll spoil it a little Let's bit. We're not gonna spoil, it, you know, too much, but enough to enough to tickle your fancy, I guess, maybe.
0: My we'll tickle you with a feather, tickle your ass yeah. with a feather. One of my favorite yeah, yeah. terms. <laughs> I know I overuse that. <laughs> oh god. Uh, so, I saw it on uh, f- an IMAX 3D. Did you see it in IMAX 3D? Uh,
1: I saw it in regular. Uh, the times because I I literally saw it right after I got off work, so the times didn't match up with IMAX. You didn't see it in three D? No, I didn't see. I just Orange. saw it regular. Um, but without any um, because I don't really have. I'm not a big fan of three D and IMAX. Well, I mean IMAX is dope, but three D IMAX kind of bugs my head and gives me a little headaches. But, it does. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but um, IMAX surprisingly doesn't for me. Other three D can and gives me that little bit of a yeah you know, that little head strain, but IMAX three D doesn't.
1: Yeah, well, I saw it right after work, and I would have to wait another two hours to go see it in IMAX. So I was just like, you know, I like, it's cool. Maybe if I if I see it again, which I definitely will. I um, want it. I want yeah, it badly. Yeah, I'll probably go see it in IMAX 3D. Um, I, I, I'll, now that I know that it's worth the extra money, I will pay the extra money. Because I, I wasn't so sure going into this. I don't know if you were.
0: Yeah, he's not a character I've collected a lot of comic books yeah, of over the years, and I definitely had a little lower level of expectation. I, I kind of felt like Guardians of the Galaxy when I went into Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy. I was but, like, well, you know, it's Marvel. Yeah. I don't really know these characters or care that much about them, honestly, yeah. and I hope it's good. And that's yeah, how I went in.
1: You know, but with every MCU movie, I have such high
0: expectations. McHugh? The McHugh yeah, movies? the McHugh. <laughs> with, with, with every
1: MCU movie my expectations just get higher and higher because every time they just top themselves, at least of late, I mean, uh, you know, with you know, of Infinity War coming up, you know, with Civil War, all that stuff. There's so much stuff coming that it's just like my expectations just get higher and higher to the point where it's like, if it sucked, it, it would just destroy my life. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, thank God none of them have really sucked. I mean, maybe Thor Dark World was probably the worst of them. But even then, it's not a bad movie. Yeah. So,
0: But I think that's really smart for the MCU to, <laughs> to to, actually do some of these these characters that people aren't familiar with. Because oh, so even though that. you may have that expectation because it's an MCU movie, but at the same time, it's a character you have no connection yeah. with. So they can only really, if they do a good movie, Yeah. you know, just structurally a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Any
1: origin story, people will get behind. Yeah. And w- which, you know, I highlighted in my, my blog i I put you know this is probably my favorite origin story of the Marvel Cinematic oh, really? universe wow. because I learned something that I didn't know nice. you know what I mean yeah. I didn't know i don't I mean I know generally how he becomes Dr Strange, but I don't know specifics, I just know the basics I know the you know the the i'm I've taken Doctor Strange one oh one I'm going on a one oh two now you know what I'm saying Nice. and so uh i actually I felt like I actually learned something that I didn't know, which is rare. Because, you know, I know so much about the Marvel Universe. I know a lot about each character that's in the Avengers. And so learning something about a character that I don't really know about or that I never really had a big interest in and liked it a lot was just such an eye-opener. Because origin stories are so finicky, you know what I mean? You get so many Spidermans. Well, we you get see so many. The, we you know, All the
0: origins we've seen a million times. Yeah, this so many
1: Supermans, so many Batman's. Like, yeah, like I'm we, t- I was sort of tired of, but oh, yeah. you know, and now this one comes out and it's
0: like, if I see pearls on the on the ground again, <laughs> like Martha, right, Martha oh, with the pearls. I mean, but still, I, I liked at least in that movie they did it quickly. But still, yeah. yeah, we've been there, done that, and so this was at least like refreshing. Yeah. In the area of like, yeah. well, who the, who is this guy? Yeah. We're gonna learn about him. And
1: you know what I, I? We're getting into spoiler territory, but um, mm, try not um, to. You know, <laughs> the the oh, well, I guess it's more comic book related. In the comic book, Stephen Strange is, and I've highlighted this is my blog too, um, that he's just kind of an arrogant
0: douche. Always oh, very arrogant. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've
1: always I've always thought of Stephen Strange being a sort of if if Tony Stark. If Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark wasn't the real Tony Stark, if there was like a the actual Marvel, you know, alcoholic Tony Stark that playboy, you know, playboy, that is that is Stephen Strange. Robert sure. Downey Jr.'s Do- Tony Stark is my kind of what I thought of of Stephen Strange because he's just toned down. He's not really that crazy of a playboy.
0: He's yeah. doctor. If you, you can know? compare them, right? You have like. Tony Stark, rich billionaire in the engineering world, yeah. And you have Tony, you have Doctor Strange, Stephen Strange, so not maybe a billionaire, but a very rich person in the realm of science. Yeah. At first, that's yeah. that's what his the base medicine, of his personality in yeah. medicine, and he has that arrogance, that god like, yeah. you know, I'm yeah, God and, and I save yeah, he people. Saves people. Yeah. And
1: so, but you know, looking at it like that. Um, in a a way, I
0: guess Steve like from a different source of arrogance when you think yeah, about Tony Stark. It's like it, I'm a billionaire yeah, in a way and, and super smart in engineering.
1: What I, what I sort of liked about more of Doctor Strange is that you know he's a doctor, he's saving people, so he's already kind of got that hero complex. You know what I mean? That he's saving complex. people, but like at the mm-hmm. same time, it's gone to the point where he's just so full of himself. You know what I mean? His that ego. he he's not he doesn't really care. You know what I mean? He's saving people for the for his self you know what i mean so if you compare that to tony stark you know tony stark was doing it for monetary reasons he was making money off of other people's pain you know what i mean <laughs> and, you don't know no one, like, he does like, a huge flip you know what i mean so so it's even strange it's a little bit more convoluted in that sense because he's already sort of a hero he's just mm-hmm. becoming more of a hero he's becoming a yeah. better person through this story you know what i mean
0: yeah, I mean he's he's going from saving uh, individuals on his on his you know on the, on the chopping block yeah. to you know saving, saving the, the entire yeah, yeah inner space <laughs> of the world saving the, inner the multiverse you know yeah. I mean oh my gosh um, and I think it's it was refreshing and interesting how. Like, Tony Stark is never really called out on his arrogance, right? Yeah. Oh, no. The world Everyone's just kind just of like, accepts yeah. him. This like, one, they, in, right. the, in the movie, they're, you know. He gets thrown into where he's trying to heal his hands first, and they're just throwing him out on how egotistically he is. Yeah, and they his tell ego, him how his big of a complex. douche he is. Yeah. yeah, they call him out, right? Like, yeah. has that been done in the in the McHugh at all?
1: Uh, as of late, in, in, in maybe Civil War, that's probably the only time Tony Stark ever really got criticized for being a douche. You know what I mean, but even then, before that, you know, in Iron Man one, he would get it, and he didn't
0: really give a so shit. So it wasn't thrown out yeah, at this yeah. level. Yeah. Like, this this one, it, it, like, it really were... put
1: like you're in, you're you know you're you're arrogant. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that was the word they use. You're arrogant. Yeah. He's just he's self centered. In right. you know, and so I I uh, you know I had such good feelings with the chemistry. Yes. And, and so the relationships between Doctor Strange and every other character it really cemented why I liked this movie. I, guess. Yeah. I mean, Wong. And, Let's talk about the yeah. chemistry with Wong. And, uh, <laughs> and him, Stephen Strange, being this arrogant kind of douche really kind of pushed that forward for me. Because, you know, I, I when I saw it with Moises, my friend Moises, shout out to Moises. Hey, um, Moises. <laughs> when, when Stephen Strange literally first time came on the screen... Uh, I literally, I nudged him. I was like, get ready to hate this guy. <laughs> you know, I was like, he's kind of a douche. And he was like, oh, really? And I was just like, yeah, man. Like, he's kind of an, he's kind <laughs> of an ass. So, and, you know, going through the movie, you know, I, I did get that feeling. And I was like, wow, like, this guy doesn't deserve to be healed. Like, he's kind of an, an ass. Yeah. And so when he finally, you know, not spoiling anything, when everything happens and he does that switch, which every character goes through, you know, the protagonist realizes that he's the protagonist you know what i mean he um i really enjoyed the story which i you know i I, it, it it invested me to the point where you know i i expected the switch for him to be this better guy and when it happened it was it paid off you know
0: what i mean yeah i agree i actually wanted more of that middle area development from that switch I know they. Yeah. I know they had to, you know, make them. They, they kinda, didn't want yeah, the movie they, to be four kinda, hours. They
1: glazed over it, but at the same time, it was satisfying enough to me. Yeah. Because they had all those training sequences, and they had. I the, wanted more of that. I actually yeah, I know. Did. I was like, <laughs> I was, wanted that was my favorite part. I of wanted
0: the movie. more of him getting his ego smashed, and more yeah. of him having these humbling moments. Like, because the switch kind of happened a little fast. Yeah. And That's maybe a very minor well, criticism because then remember he uh, all of a sudden got the haircut, got the shave, came yeah, out, and he was, and cool. he was like, yeah. okay, I'm done. Yeah, I'm and stopped, it was a little fast.
1: Because um, I wanted more of that. Yeah,
0: I think they were the studios were probably afraid. Like Ooh, okay, yeah, like I mean, uh, definitely. maybe they won't the 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 audience won't feel invested enough to move yeah. forward with the character. We gotta move. We gotta move. Yeah, but uh, you know, I th- thought that was great. And I just wanted more of it. Yeah,
1: I, you know, in the comic book after seeing the movie, I did a little bit more research. Looked up his Wikipedia and stuff. Um, in order for Doctor Strange to have that kind of you know heart changing you know change to make him this good guy he was really broken down. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? His parents died. Yeah. His brother was killed. All this kind of stuff that really just, like, shaped him. They didn't go into that too much. They, you don't they really skipped know it all. You yet. never... You
0: didn't but see one reference of his family.
1: The only thing that really kind of... they, And I guess this is, um, you know, complimenting the storytelling, is that you really feel because this guy lost his hands, of all things, yeah. that it really ruined his life. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and in Doctor Strange, the comic book, it, it's a lot more, you know, there's a lot more tragedy that he goes through and so you know having more of an arrogant kind of guy lose his hands and be so finicky about you know he can't do his career and stuff. Yeah, it, it made more sense in the film than it probably would with all this tragedy because that would just be too damn much to handle. And
0: they, and they couldn't have fit it all in so quickly, yeah. right? Yeah, how they fit in his brother and his parents yeah. and everything like so fast. Like, yeah. you did get the sense though, and they they painted a good picture of that that he was kind of familyless, right? His place yeah. was very. He was very he he alone. alone. He's a loner. So they set a tone with that without mm. having to go back and show yeah. it. Yeah,
1: uh, because it's
0: like I think they would probably. I mean, it, for everyone to see another... Wow, the parents are killed. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's like, man, yeah. all of these people, every one of their parents are killed. Like, let's just move on from that and go with the core yeah. of... that he His hands were hurt and he was this brain surgeon yeah. and he couldn't do that anymore.
1: You know, uh, his story... I guess I wouldn't say the reason why he is Doctor Strange is because of his parents dying. It's not a Batman story. You know what I'm saying? It's more of a selfish story. Like, he wanted to fix his hands. That's why he became Doctor Strange. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's...
0: There's even, definitely that in the movie, right?
1: Yeah, e- yeah, even in his in his, you know, I guess lighthearted story, you know, going to be become this hero, there is this kind of background of selfishness and arrogance. And so I guess when when he does finally make the switch, it is kind of like, you know, like, oh, finally, like he's kind of a good guy. You realize that yeah. and you're just kind of like, okay, like finally like he's we he's he's good, you know what I mean?
0: some of the, reading some of the older comics, I always thought with Doctor Strange, that his mutant ability uh-huh. was magic. Like he just never knew it. Yeah, because oh, yeah. he all of a sudden learned things very fast. He did have that. They reference his photographic memory, which he yeah. has. And that still, there was something that made him special and unique for where all of a sudden these spells were working. And I yeah. always felt, for me, reading the comics in the olden days, that that was his, like, his mutant power. Well, he, and no he one was ever...
1: destined to be the, you know... True, well in if the it's comic, a destiny, He's, if it's he's all like laid destined out. to be the Sorcerer Supreme. He's destined to be the Ancient One, you know what I mean? So, um, that being said, like, he, he uh, I guess in, in the movie, one of my smaller complaints... Which, you know, it has to do with just time jumping because, you know, you can't really stay in the training montage for too long. Um, was that all of a sudden he's just kind of a badass. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah, they, 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 they move the story along pretty fast. I know what you mean there. Yeah. Again, for me, it was the, out of the training into being awesome and then, yeah. yeah. But they he, he has, in some instances, like the Avengers and such, he has Omega-level powers. Oh, I mean, yeah. even referencing him like in Civil War from the first Civil War series. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's taking on like... 12 avengers at one time and one of them is the hulk yeah so yeah. he's definitely of a, a scale down his badassery is okay. not at so, level 10 yet So what
1: you're saying is maybe that they'll, well because i thought that maybe they would hint at that like maybe he was just he's a prodigy you know what i mean that you know the, the ancient one would say that or something yeah. you know what i mean but they never did they never did maybe they'll get to that later is what you're saying maybe maybe they'll be like oh so. well maybe he is this why is this he? prodigy maybe he is destined to be this sorcerer supreme right
0: they sort of, um, the way the movie lays it out is that it was a little by chance, yeah. right? The only other thing stumbled like upon it. Right yeah. place, right time, and it just sort of happens. But yeah. I felt more in the comic book, it was like his he mutant was, power yeah, and yeah, like what you destiny. said on the destiny yeah. side of things. It was written in some scripture, but there he was, right? <laughs>
1: he's, he's Marvel Jesus in a
0: way. <laughs> so something like that. But let's comment <laughs> on the acting. Like for oh, me, yeah, I, mean, I was seriously impressed with Benedict Benedict Cumberbatch. Like I, I his accent, me, he surprised he, me. Yeah,
1: he, he he nailed his accent. Yeah. I was a little surprised because you know he's heavily British. Like he's got this deep kind of baritone voice. Seriously and British, he, right? He um he kind of embodied what I thought he would sound like. You know what I mean? Like kind of this. He he's snarky. You know what I mean? He's kind of kind of got this. He knows everything. Kind of voice. And you could definitely feel that. I mean, I know, maybe being the doctor, you kind of get that. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe all my doctors sound like Doctor Strange or something, but he um, he definitely embodied the voice of Doctor Strange. I thought his accent was perfect, and, and he did a really good job acting. The, uh, the The moment when he's talking to Christine, won't get into that, um, he has this kind of emotional breakdown with her, and like gets really angry and, like, all this kind of stuff. The acting was, was choice. It was really good. Yeah,
0: I felt... What's that, what's that series uh, with the, the doctor that's a real smart aleck and it was a TV series and it was played by a Brit, an older guy? And No uh, idea. Oh, gosh. It remind, he kind of reminds me, like, he harnessed that, but it's also oh, an like English. like House? Place. House, thank yeah, you. Okay. That guy. Yeah. It kind of reminds yeah. me of that. Like, he harnessed ho- yeah, House he, a little he's bit. he's a
1: British and he would have the American actor. And he was real that, snarky yeah. and smart yes, alecky. That's that's exactly super what I pictured Doc Strange being in this. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought it would be. Any that guy could have,
0: that guy could have played a he decent. Could have been <laughs> <laughs> I bet you he tried out and it didn't happen. He
1: had the beard already, he right? was ready to go.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Speaking of like and the other acting as well. I thought Chiwetel
1: like Chuatel Yeah. Uh, the, with the most
0: insane it. name in the world. How yeah. do you how do you say Chiwetel
1: it? Chuatel Eduafor.
0: Say that five times fast, I Chiwetel, dare you, uh, yeah, right, <laughs> you cannot. Yeah. It's impossible. He was amazing, which was in my mind I'm thinking Mordo, of I'm thinking of, yeah. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Firefly. Yeah. In my mind the whole time, uh, and he Srenity, even had the yeah. sword right in Serenity. Yeah. So that guy was in it. His what's his name? Firatel Cherabu. Who would <laughs> tell? <Ch-u-a-tel it? laughs> Eduafor That's what I said. Yes, um, <laughs> but he was amazing in it. And uh, what was the 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 woman's name that was the chosen uh, one? The
1: oh the ancient one. Yes. Tilda
0: Swinton. Fantastic. Yeah. Like she seemed like uh, she was the one that had that that acting weight. I yeah, mean beyond or, you know she's, Cumberbatch I think was she's great.
1: What? Um, you know what? There, there were kind of heavy actors in here, like absolutely. was a team some of them. Right? them Have been nominated. You know what I mean? Like I think Tilda Swinton has an Oscar. I know Benedict Cumberbatch was nominated, um, but you, yeah, we got you got you got pre. You know, you got like top shelf actors. Yeah, in Yeah, that's movie, what it you know felt what I mean? like to
0: me. It, all all across the board, there wasn't anyone that wasn't pulling their weight. Oh yeah, no, in definitely. my opinion, they were all even all of it.
1: Rachel McAdams too, which I was a little surprised because you know, yeah. I, she she's to me she's you know this dramatic comedy slash the notebook right style We're actor meant comedy and, and so um stereotyped yeah, into that role. i mean like it, it, you know she she's a good actor and i've seen her in a lot of stuff but like putting her in this it was it was it was a little hesitant for me but, but she she did it really well yeah, she plays this doctor i maybe love interest um she plays it really well. And, and, I, was and I like surprised. that.
0: Like she wasn't the sappy I'm in love yeah. and, and I'm sad. Cause See, you won't.
1: Dude, and that's like, that's one highlight of the movie to me is that their relationship was so, you can tell that there were deep roots. Yeah, like there was, like they were there was heavy, something happened. There were like them.
0: heavy, heavy friends that gave it a try and it didn't work, yeah, but they're then, trying they're to still, stay friends.
1: There's still like chemistry there. Too yeah. And like there, there may be somewhere down the line that they'll do something with it. But you know, I, I liked that he goes to her for help and yes. you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and she's, uh, she played, like I said, she plays a doctor. Well, she, yeah. she, she reminded me of Patsy in a way, just a, a little less quiet. Oh, you know nice. I mean? yeah. So she, she kind of reminded me of Patsy in that, in that sort of doctory. She likes to take care of people away.
0: Yes. And she, and I like, she called him out too. Yeah. I oh, mean, that she, scene well, where she she's was just the like, heaviest of the she's like, I was yeah, doing. I mean, not to spoil that whole scene, but she <laughs> lays it out and says like, look, you're an a-hole. Get, yeah. get over yourself. Yeah. And, take uh, this desk I'm job. And I'm going to go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah and you're like okay all right yeah. there you go she held her ground very well against yeah. against doctor strange against benedict cumberbatch she she i i don't know you know she she their chemistry they kind of played off each other very well and I, you could tell that they they have you know this this chemistry acting wise and that yeah, they're, they're, it works it just it felt like there was history behind them and i don't know if they've been in any of the movies together but they were they were really good in this movie together
0: it seemed, and I know you can't even see that; it's not tangible, right? Yeah. Didn't it seem like the whole cast? It's like a Walking Dead yeah, relationship to like each yeah, other, right? Like you know they all other, love each yeah, other, yeah. and they have some weird magic. It seemed like they weird magic. Yeah, weird magic. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like they captured that, and they, for some reason, have a bond, and it feels like <laughs> I'm going to see them 30 years from now in a panel, yeah. and they'll still all be yeah, friends. They'll
1: just be joking around. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could definitely feel there was com- 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 camaraderie. Between yes. the actors, especially between, um, I would say, you know, Chiwetel Ejiofor and Benedict Cumberbatch's characters. You could t- yes. kind of feel that they were, you know, subtle rivals, yes. but they were still friends. And, and then, you know, sp- not going to spoil yeah. what happened. And that's that's
0: but, core in the comic, Yeah, uh, Mordo, is their relationship, like, uh, Mordo, between... Yeah, Mordo between and him.
1: Strange. But I've always compared them, because I didn't know too much about Mordo. I knew that he was a good guy turned bad. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I, I always compared them to, you know, Green Lantern and Sinestro. Hmm. Because Sinestro was a Green Lantern Corps, and, and they were, you know they're close and they're friends and they're that's a good you know, comparison. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of compared that that and way. they
0: both started out good and uh, yeah. something happened. One of them, yeah, what kind of met with choices that were being made. <laughs> yeah. uh, changes his color to yellow, and then yellow hurts the green.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know, I don't know if two <laughs> until I get four to get a turn yellow and so. stuff. But uh, racist. Yeah, just kidding. Uh, it was, but you know what? But I, the uh, acting overall. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was really good, good
0: stuff. Oh, the the villain. What was his name? the The uh, actor that Casilius. Yeah, what a great name Mad- My Mad- next my Mad- next Mad- dog, Mad- I'm gonna name Casilius, or next pet. Cassie? What
1: you,
0: no, Cacillus? full full on. Casilius. I'm gonna have a hamster named Casilius. <laughs> <laughs> and they're silly in the middle of it, which sure. is, but still, great. I mean, what was the actor's name?
1: Mads Mickelson.
0: Wow. I know he was in a lot of things. One thing that comes he's, into he's mind is He's coming was,
1: out in, in Rogue One pretty soon here. Fantastic. He's going to be, you know... He's blowing up. Yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's a good actor. He was in, like, um he was in a Double 007 movie, I think. Yes, he was, he was a villain in a um, 007 movie. He, he was, was in a Casino a, Royale. He was in Hannibal. Hannibal. That's where yeah. I
0: thought of him, yeah. He has that dark and sinister feel that, yeah. he, that he lays out in and, Hannibal.
1: you know, just by his appearance in this movie, he was definitely, like... You could feel it, you know, yeah. he was just a presence, right. you know, and, and he was, you could tell he was the bad guy, which yeah. right off the bat, you knew like, oh yeah, he's the bad guy.
0: But I love that they kept him a lot, not like a single noted bad guy oh, that yeah, he, you know, without depth. spoiling anything.
1: He had, he had big depth. He had I
0: mean. depth. He had reason for kind of what he was doing and it, it, it makes sense. And when you have a villain that actually has an idea, oh yeah, right. And the he's set Luther with his concept, idea. You know yeah. I mean, I mean he not was, to,
1: not to, you know crap on uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor, but that, that isn't like my Lex Luthor. You know what I mean? My Lex Luthor is smart and, you know, he he's prepared. And that's kind of what Mads Mikkelsen brought to this character is he was he was deeply rooted in what he wanted to do and he yeah. had this idea of what he thought was good. Right. You know what I mean? Which is always a good yes. villain complex is you want the villain to think that he's a good guy. Yes. And I think that's what Mads Mikkelsen brought to this character.
0: Absolutely. And he sold it. Yeah, it was good. And I think that any scene or that you have in any sort of media, whether it's you know comics or movies, if you have a villain that you're fighting him and he's like you stop punching each other or blasting yeah. or firing, and then he tries to recruit you mm-hmm. and teach like why yeah. and show you why he's doing it, and then you start to kind of believe him and yeah. and he's convincing and you're like, well, Maybe I am on the wrong side yeah. of things. That to me is like that's perfect because you're yeah. adding so much depth to that character yeah, no, and he, he did he that he believes
1: in what he's doing. He
0: believes you know in mean? And I mean it it's you know, if you really listen to a story, right, you're kinda like, Well, maybe like I said, like Yeah, maybe he's making, he's right. making a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, and Dormammu is hinted at this, you know. I don't yes. know too much about Dormammu, I just know he's this sentient being in a way.
0: And that to me was a concern cuz you know, his just sort of intangibility of a bad guy like I always thought when I was younger especially maybe that's why I didn't gravitate towards Doctor Strange comics was because especially Dormammu like you you couldn't punch him in the face. Like Well yeah,
1: he's this being, you know. What yeah. I mean? He's like he's well, I mean Thanos you he can not punch really but like he's like somewhat like a Thanos type character,
0: he's or smoke. Maybe... He's made of smoke. He's no, mist. No, you could he's tell he
1: was like a. I mean, I
0: never knew. Like a, I think, he's always in different sort yeah, of I've, forms too. In the I've comics. never,
1: I've never researched Dormammu. Yeah. I've never read a comic book with Dormammu. I just see. know the name, and I know that he's from the dark Dimension. That's all I knew going yeah. into this movie, and that's all they really showed. But, maybe he's gonna come back because he's not dead. So,
0: but that being said. Uh, they used him enough. Yeah, perfectly. Just the right amount. Because
1: I think if you bring in Dormammu, it's just gonna confuse the crap out of everyone. Because that whole storyline's a little, 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 thick. You know what yes. I mean? And And uh, you know, watching the movie, I saw it with Moises. Like I said earlier, uh, he before we saw it, he's like, "How confused am I gonna be at this movie?" <laughs> and he like, "And I told him, like, your brain's gonna be melted by the by the, by the time we walk out." But you know, they actually did a good job at keeping it. I guess. Solid for novice comic book fans. You know yes. what I mean. For anybody who doesn't read comic books and is a maybe just a you know a moderate MCU fan. You know what I mean. Doesn't really invest themselves too much. Unlike us, you know, because we're freaking invested in the crap. And you know, if they're not invested in it, and you know, you know, it it was very tangible. It was very easy yes. to understand. Which yeah. I was expecting this just totally twisted on its head version. Which I'm kind of glad they didn't do because yeah i don't think i would even be able to keep up with yeah. that you know what i mean he would Being lose people from because... that
0: it would just be this yeah. uh, this you know unfathomable idea of a villain that well, is yeah, just
1: it's so it's so the, the history of doctor right. strange is so thick it's just so right. hard to you know to grasp it's yeah. it's, it's it's hard but yeah, yeah, i didn't some, think they did a good job at i think keeping some people would
0: yeah some people would think that you know they have to because like if you look at that a few sequences with with him he's like he's Fighting the sky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're right. Yeah. He's fighting a, this a dark cloud. Yeah, He's, uh, how yeah. how do you do that, right? But oh, I do not want to spoil it. How they did you know it what? was out of this world. One of our one of our so yeah
1: one of our complaints of superhero movies of late is they're always fighting these cloud monsters or <laughs> well, these the, big lights in the think sky. Think back,
0: what are they? You got you got Green Fantastic Four and Galactus. <laughs> yeah. Remember? Yeah, he was like not a giant robot in the sky, but yeah. like this giant dark smoke cloud in the sky. Or in space, even yeah. which is weirder. And then, what about uh, Green Lantern Green at Lantern, the end? Yeah. That sort of smoke bad guy. Yeah,
1: and then you, <laughs> even the newer Fantastic Four. You were fighting Doctor Doom's like cloud. He had a big <laughs> beam in the in the sky, and it was you know magnetic and whatever. But um,
0: so he, tangi- tangibility, said, they, McHugh, they, tangibility, good. Yeah. McHugh. That
1: being said, they um, they they did a good job, they I think, with Dormammu because he didn't fight him right he's you know Without let's we'll leave it yes. there he didn't fight yes. him per se he didn't need he, to punch he, him in the face yeah, he didn't need to punch him and i don't think he would win that fight and understand. it was
0: done intelligently yes. and, and unique to where you're like oh that is and, and i, I is think awesome. I, I caught on early. i'm getting chills right yeah. now like with, i think
1: i caught on early to that but my my buddy was like what the hell what is, is going, going on? on my mind hurts now <laughs> and i was like oh okay like i get it like yeah but it was, it was good stuff i enjoyed the crap out of the movie Enjoyed the, you know, I, I didn't know who was gonna be the villain. Watching any trailers, right? I didn't and see I, any trailers, so I was even oh, more well, refreshed. Yeah, I, think I, I saw, saw the... one or two, but you know, watching the trailers, I didn't know if Mad Mickelson was gonna be this main villain. And right, you know, learning what I learned going into this movie, uh, like I said before, it's my favorite origin Marvel cinematic story so far. I Solid mean, we'll, work. We'll get, we'll get to maybe Captain Marvel. Speaking of which, did you get the Easter eggs?
0: Yes. So, of, of course, people, if, if you don't already know this, do not leave the movie until they turn the lights on. Oh, my God. Until they no, literally that, turn the lights the, on. Oh, yeah. Until the you credits are gone. You can't say that. That's true. Because some theaters are lame and they just like fire up. As soon as the yeah, movie's over, they, they fire the lights mine on. Everybody left. So, wait until the screen is blank. Yeah, wait till the, wait the, till the,
1: like the the radio comes back on. Yeah, you know, where they're playing the first look again.
0: Until they're playing <laughs> a, like a, a Geico commercial. You know what? Just, don't just leave.
1: Take a nap until the next showing.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I guess we can kind of end it on there. I mean, that was it, we could. I mean, that's a glowing recommendation. It was fantastic. It's going to shake my top ten, top twenty list. It's, it's going to shake it it's up. It's
1: Not topping it, but it's shaking it. Yeah. Well, would you say
0: it's shaking your top ten or your top twenty?
1: I'd say, oh, that's tough.
0: For me, it's easily, easily, it's shaking the top 20 for me. I
1: did my top five. It's not shaking the top five. No.
0: No, I don't think so Um, for me either.
1: It hasn't, I mean, maybe somewhere down the line, if I watch it a couple more times and I do end up liking it, it might take maybe the five spot, but I don't think it's going back up to that five. I'm only saying right now, 20 for me. I'm saying
0: somewhere between 10 and 20, and then maybe if I see it again, I'll have a better determination, but yeah, it's definitely in there. It's so
1: hard with Marvel Cinematic Movies, because it's like... The next one comes out in eight (laughs) months, and like it's gonna shake up the list again. Like it's so tough. It does.
0: It does. That's that's what it's doing. That's what they want to do. They want. Which I'm glad,
1: you know, because comic book movies, like, thank God, it's such a big thing. You know, I I love comic book movies.
0: Yes, there's still that little part of me. As soon as it begins. Oh, and I love that in IMAX 3D they have a brand new sort of Marvel intro in in 3D yeah it was in mine too and in 3D that's phenomenal the new Marvel intro
1: was pretty dope I liked it yes in in IMAX 3D it's even more dope I miss my flipping pages yeah
0: you're flipping pages no I liked this a lot yeah it was cool and uh, the delivery in IMAX 3D was absolutely top notch I mean you have to see it in IMAX 3D because of the of the mind bending special effects that's in it Uh especially with the kaleidoscope like effect that they do in a lot of things. The
1: Dark Dimension would be
0: freaking phenomenal Unreal in IMAX three D. Absolutely top notch. Maybe the best movie in IMAX three D I've seen in a long, long time. It's like it's meant for it. It's designed for it. Avatar was fantastic, you know, it really was, and for its time. And I I I haven't seen it about five years. I'd like to go see how that holds up. I did buy that in three D by the way.
1: We saw that in IMAX. I was maybe like I don't know. That was a game changer for thirteen when that came out. But yeah. And so I remember seeing that in IMAX, but this, even without watching it in IMAX 3D, I knew would top Avatar. It, it, maybe, I, I again, I kind of have to go back yeah. and see the effects. And I don't really remember what it's like to see Avatar in IMAX 3D. So, But I feel like the effects in this have just topped a lot of stuff that I've seen, just because yes. it's so acid trippy. You yes. know what I mean? It's just like you're tripping the whole thing. It's, so it's, 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 it's a weird magic. It's a
0: weird magic kaleidoscope of fun, folks. Yep. Go see it. We couldn't recommend it even more. Definitely. For me, I gave it five out of five sunspots.
1: I gave it a, I gave it 4.3. three yeah, 3,
0: three
1: three eight. I, yeah.
0: 4.3. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a buy for me when it comes out. I want to see it again in IMAX 3D. It was wonderful acting. Fantastic story. The pace, it just moved. I never got bored. The yeah. origin was fantastic. It had a fantastic, fun, exciting, just sort of surprising ending. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And stay for, of course, the Marvel Nuggets. At the end. Definitely. Well, thanks, Justin. Appreciate you being here. I'm
1: going to go take my trip back to the mirror dimension, and I'll see you later. Yeah, and we can read
0: more (laughs) upon it on on Plug Where Your Blog Is, because it's going to be posted very Um, soon.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I'm at blog.sunspotscomics.com. I wrote a review. Um, You can also check me out on Medium, Medium, which is a journalism app. Um, And uh, I'm also, I just changed my, my, uh, my app's. On Instagram and Twitter, I'm uh instead of just Ellie Kings now, I'm actually just Sunspots. So follow me at Just Sunspots. It's
0: cool. It's affiliated. I Appreciate yeah, that. I'm official. Very nice. <laughs> He's we're, we're weaving you into the fabric. That is Sunspots Comics. Yep. Well, thanks. So well, I appreciate you coming by and doing thanks, that review. Thanks for
1: having me. It's always fun.
0: Let's go see it again. I got a I got a coupon card for ten bucks off go. IMAX. let
1: go. Okay. Like, this is a real thing. Right? It's a real thing. Okay. Yeah. I want to go
0: see it. All right. We're gonna go again. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks. And there you go so there you have it folks please go see we can't uh, tell you enough we implore you go see the marvel movie dr strange it's phenomenal it's top notch it's a plus and thank you very much justin again for coming over here and doing that review with me please again check them out at just sunspots so the next thing on my nerd brain is the voltron series on netflix season one i tell you i was not expecting this to to be so good uh honestly i hate um I know I, I hate when people say that was actually pretty good, but it, it really was. I definitely give it five out of five sunspots. It's something I would almost want to buy. I know that it's just there on Netflix, but they I want to revisit them. I actually want to rewatch it. And I never, ever want to rewatch an animated series of, of kind of anything, especially in this sort of. Um, you know TV like uh, season one of something I most television for me doesn't need to be rewatched It could be good, but I just kind of see it and I move on this was phenomenal And it was just the graphically. It was very good The CG blend was very nice a lot of humor written into it a well-timed out humor and I didn't know until the very end I knew it kind of sounded like him but Walking Dead actors Daryl and Glenn are both in it uh, Norman Reedus plays Rolo and Steven Yeun plays Keith and even the the guy from *Flight of the uh, Concords, Reese Rise De- Darby, he plays Koran, and he's hilarious, and I love all his parts and his New Zealand accent, and I ju- you just can't I can't can't wait till he shows up on the frame, and I'm looking at him again, and he's just uh, making me laugh with his his crazy New you know New Zealand accent and stuff. But I cannot, uh, uh, I cannot believe that I really enjoyed the Voltron season one on Netflix so much. And I, I love it. And I miss it that it's over. And it ends uh, abruptly. And I'm like, that's it? I want more. I think there was only 10 episodes. So it's an easy watch. They're all about 20 minutes long. And it's super, super good. Please check out Voltron on Netflix. I was really, really loving it. I want a shirt. I want a hat. I want a poster. Uh, I just had a, a ton of fun with it. And the last thing on my nerd lobes is that I'm actually writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. Yes, please uh, check it out. I'm writing, coloring, lettering, and my friend Jordan Hudson, hey Jordan, is doing his beautiful, phenomenal art. Please check out his Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is beautiful. Thank you, Jordan. And I also have some samples of the Zombie Destroyers comic book on our website, zombiedestroyers.com. There's about pages one through four there, with more coming. So please check out zombiedestroyers.com from time to time. And just a quick Zombie Destroyers update. We are—I'm now kind of reaching that home stretch here of finalizing it to be about 27, 28 pages. I already have in my possession uh, completed about uh, about 15 pages, so the the end is near. It's awesome, and uh, we're going to—it's—it's it's going to be six issues. I can say that now, uh, collected into a, a, a collector's edition. But I will be issuing—we'll uh, be doing issues one through six monthly on a regular basis self-publishing for now but with hopes of uh getting a bigger publisher which uh, that's all kind of in the works but there you go there's a little zombie destroyers update and again like i said please check out zombie from time to time and next up is our segment spotlighting and i actually have two submissions this week the first one is from a guy named howard shapiro and i was i'm actually reading jeff lemire's essex county which is a story centered around these very interesting characters that happen to have hockey in their lives and i after just sort of reading about half of it i really kind of wanted something that's a little more the other way around where it's very hockey centric uh focused around characters that hockey is the primary focus of their lives and i found howard's work on amazon in searching the term searching the words hockey comic book now he's done four uh books in, the, in that exact realm, two of which are actual novels, and two are the graphic novel comic book style. They're about 130 to 160 pages long, and uh, he was nice enough to send me some of his work, so it's just sort of an introductory part of uh, for him. We're going to be recording an interview together. I'm going to read his uh, work first, but the first book I'm going to be reading is called Hockey Saint, and the second one is his newest title, which just came out. It's called Hockey Karma, and they're all on Amazon. That's how I found them, but go to his website, Howardshapiro.net I mean, where else there is in the world Where you have your two hobbies that come together So perfectly for me, hockey and comic books And I mean, nobody else can have that, right? Like, you don't see like chess and badminton Or sewing and darts or something They just don't, they don't ever come together Your hobbies don't meld that way And this is happening for me with comic books and hockey So I gotta uh, definitely uh, put a spotlight on them and, And spread some Sunspots comic love And uh, we'll definitely in a very soon future podcast uh, Be having an interview with him And I will read all his work first And give you a a full review on that So thank you Howard Shapiro And again check out all of his work It leads to everything Howard Shapiro S-H-A-P-I-R-O dot net Or just go to Amazon.com And put in Hockey Comic Books Or again search the name of his uh, recent work Which is Hockey Karma That's his latest graphic novel comic book on, uh, on hockey, so I can't wait to see it I love it, I'm a diehard LA Kings fan So I love when those two things come together And the second submission is kind of a re-mention But it's for Miles Greb And his comic book, After the Gold Rush And he was nice enough to send me An advanced copy of issue number two And quickly, it's just a Hopeful, optimistic take On the science fiction genre Where a young woman named Scout Has returned to Earth after after we've been Away from Earth for eons Or a millennia, potentially, many years and Earth has uh, changed quite dramatically. And that's all I really want to tell you. Because uh, issue number one and two are available to buy now on his website. Check it out. after the gold rush dot space. It's really great stuff. Thank you, Miles, for sending me your work. And him and I are both working out our schedules to have him on the podcast as well. And uh, I tell you, the latest issue, I super enjoyed it. It really shows a vulnerable side of the character Scout, and it really makes you care about her and worry for her. But at the same time, you just see this wonder in her eyes, and it, it really is... Uh, you can just feel it and sense it because you're ultimately reading uh, this comic to, to see that window into wonder in her eyes, and, and uh, she's... You know, on Earth after all these years, and it's very different, and she's all alone, and there's a lot of sort of complex, you know, things going on in After the Gold Rush. So, he was even nice enough to write me into the peer review section of the back of his comic book in the column section, and I'm truly honored for that. Thank you, Miles. So, he's, he's releasing it, and you can see my write-up, my little sort of constructive criticism that I give him. And he puts right in there into the book and also has a response to it, and it's very cool. So please check that out again after the gold rush. Dot space. I love the end of his website, that's just so cool. That space. And also, uh, if you yourself are an independent comic book creator or you know someone that is a struggling independent comic book creator, we want to shine some Sunspots Comics love and support to you. Uh, please just uh, send me an email to chris at sunspotscomics.com or message me, of course. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Sunspots Comics. So we really want to do our part to help. We want to shed some light. We want to, I want to read your work. I want to check it out. I want to give it an honest review. And that's what this spotlighting segment is all about. So please, uh, just send in your submissions. Send me your information. Again, chris at sunspotscomics.com. So, with that all out of the way, let's get to my favorite part of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is my comic book reviews and recommendations, where I pick my favorite comic books for New Comic Book Day Wednesday, November 2nd. And of course, spoiler alert ish. You don't have to really worry, I don't spoil everything. I leave the last couple of pages alone. I'm ultimately doing kind of three things I'm trying to persuade you into buying these comic books. I'm trying to give you a little bit of the gist and tell you how I felt as I was reading it and not spoil it. So that's my three-part mission when it comes to reading these comics to you. I'm ultimately trying to get you to go and buy them, so don't really worry. But just in case, spoiler-ish alert-ish. And if you want to see everything that I'm reading, all my favorite picks going all the way back to May of 2015, just go to sunspotscomics.com. Click on pull list to see all of the 121 titles that I'm currently reading. And click on Click on the top comic book picks of the week to see all of my past top picks. So it's just a great little list there you can go to. If you're always kind of curious, what, what should I buy? There's just so many comic books. What should I buy? Well, I've simplified it, made it easy, compacted it, put it on a list on sunspotscomics.com for you. So please just check out that site from time to time and go and check out the list. And every single week I pick a art winner and an art cover winner, and it is one and the same individual this week. It is Oliver Koipel, or Koypel, for his beautiful work on Unworthy Thor number one from Marvel Comics. And let me tell you, it's something special. The coloring is gorgeous. It is very sort of realistic, but has some cartoony like coloring, which gives that that feel of space and otherworldliness, and I love that. And it's it has that cosmic feel, but it's not too heavy cosmic and weird and trippy but you mostly see a lot of uh, of our character uh thor punching people in the face especially in the good first third of it and so it's just this awesome fighting sequence and you have sort of aliens of all types and there's really some great and strange facial diversity that's going on here of all colors shapes sizes uh, claws uh, hammers and weapons and lightning rods and just it's just so much fun it's beautiful it's multicolored and it's really really impressive work so I definitely hats off to Mr Oliver Coippel for his beautiful work on unworthy Thor so he wins it hands down best art and best cover art this week so look put your eyes on it your eyes will be happy and they'll thank you And this week I actually bought a total of 16 comic books So, you know, kind of a medium light week And 10 of them made it to the top favorite pick list Which is great, that just crushed that 50% 50 where I like to live I definitely uh, try to leave the goods And not review the goods, but review the greats So that you know exactly what to buy every single week And let me tell you, it was a great week for comics There were uh, 6 new number 1s this week And 4 of them Made it to the top picks, which is impressive. Most impressive. <laughs> so here we go. Let's get into my favorite comic book picks of the week for New Comic Book Day, November 2nd. Here we go. Coming in at number 10 from Image Comics, uh, teamed up with Top Cow, is Eclipse. This is written by Zach Kaplan and it's uh, art, beautiful art by Giovanni Timpano. And you gotta give Chris Northrup some love here too. He's doing some great work on the coloring here. Definitely that washed out, sun-beaten, you know, apocalyptic look on the world. This is where there was this giant sunspots effect. Sunspots flare effect. (laughs) I know, I I just so badly want them to call it that. Uh, And the earth is burnt to a crisp. And if you step outside in the sun, you are melted instantly. And how does the world deal with that? And they have been dealing with that by living like vampires, basically. And this is some serious meat and potatoes right here. I know I talked briefly about it last podcast because he gave me an advanced copy of it. Well, this just blows the story wide open and we are really just off and running. You have uh, you have some setup, but teases of where the action's going, this kind of gets the action going, and I like that a lot. And this shows our main character, Max, who it shows sort of what happens to his family, so it's, it's a little devastating. It sets kind of a haunting uh, initial sort of frightening feel to it and you're like okay it's serious it's it's heavy it's intense but it gives you that background that you sort of need on max and what his motivation is and i really like that and some great emotion in the faces here because that's what it's all about i mean great job uh giovanni of really making max the facial features believable so that we feel his emotions and i love that i don't want to give out too much because there's definitely some some plot points here that are really kind of shocking but there was that character, which I'll call the Sunspot. <laughs> I love it. Who can walk in the sun. He's he's this hooded figure. They haven't figured out why he can walk in the sun and doesn't just just burst into, into flames like everyone else. So he's kind of this strange little superhero mixed into this. But he could be potentially a serial killer because there is someone that has killed everyone in this church and they're trying to investigate because Max is part of this. He wears the Iceman suit and he's part of this investigative team. That is uh, has his kind of fingers in the in the cookie jar of a lot of things going on in this world, and some great world world building stuff here. They show a community that's deep, deep, deep within the deep recesses of like New York, and how they're hiding and how they're living and how they're growing produce is just kind of kind of interesting and neat, and I love the world building that he's doing here. So this is top notch stuff. He's trying Max is trying to ultimately investigate who is this guy that cannot die in the sun, and he is. Uh, Realizing that it's sort of part of a maybe bigger conspiracy with a lot of other major figures that could be involved here But he's on the hunt, he's looking Uh, Cielo is involved, who you've seen in the past She's kind of uh, uh, abruptly jumps into Max's investigative process here But she ends up being a super big help And they find a main character here that is leading him on a path to understanding what's going on uh, In the area of who that character is and what happened to this church full of people that were murdered so that's all I want to give you. It's it's great. It has a cliffhangery ending, which you gotta see, and you gotta see that glimpse of what happens next week. There's an image of that, uh, which is definitely uh, heavy-duty cliffhangery. So fantastic work there, Zach. Uh, thanks again for letting me interview you at uh, Stan Lee's LA Comic Con. But please check out Eclipse. It is definitely something to enjoy reading and uh, a little frightening. And coming up on number nine is The Walking Dead, number 160. This is right knee-deep into the Whisper War. I mean, we're in full effect here. This is, uh, of course, written by Robert Kirkman, and it's art by Charlie Adlard. And I have to give props to the gray toning in the inker here. You have Stefano Guadini- Guadiano and Cliff Wraith- Wraithburn, because really kind of looking at this comic and how they do the gray scaling, it's very subtle, but it's, it's great work. It, it really is a fantastic piece of art. And you wouldn't think that from a black and white comic. Some people initially think that, but it's really super top notch here. And and props to you, Charlie Adler, fantastic. But this is right in the middle of it. We initially get to see um, a character that is on a horse and that helps out our um, our Vincent, who is uh, all down on his luck. He's he came to help and uh, to ask for help uh, from the people on the hilltop. They didn't want to help him, and he's like, and he stole his horse, and he's trying to get back. And he's not having a good time, but luckily he was saved. And but there is a horde following just right on his tail. And then you get the interesting sequence, or the most fun action sequence here is, of course, the whisperers are all wearing uh, zombie skin, and this is uh, you have uh, just a brief little glimpse, which I love that Michonne actually took their little uh, their little concept of hiding within the hordes and wears the zombie makeup or the zombie skin herself. And, uh, and attacks them, so it's that small little little fight, not the larger scale of the uh, of the war, but a small you know battle here. And what Michonne does is out of this world. So she's able to find some of the whispers that are hiding out, that are looking to sabotage uh, the various camps, and then we get to see what happened to Beta now there's a weird sequence here where beta of course fought negan and we don't know where negan is but beta uh, awakens from being unconscious for a while and the first thing he says is you didn't look at my face did you and like why would that matter but i love that little peek into that there's something more there there's something to chew on but but you know kirkman's not giving it to us that quickly no so i have like two more issues i can't believe we have two more issues of this whisper war it's going to be wrapping up rather quickly but uh, I love it I mean it has just been fantastic It's been a great arc I hope one day that it makes it to the TV show And they have some of that there But you get to see a glimpse quickly Into kind of what everyone is doing here And I love that And this war and this battle is on It's mostly action, it's packed But there's a ton of sort of little things happening Like Carl and the girl that he's sort of smitten with That was the daughter of Alpha in The Whispers And she sort of just uh, is, is kind of kind of kind of lukewarm with him and is sort of broken up with him but they're still having some sort of little romantic interludes and that just seems kind of heartbreaking because you can see it in the way charlie adler writes carl's face that he's very sort of heartbroken by this and he wants a lot more than just romantic liaisons but so fantastic uh i can't wait it's of course monthly delivered on time so i cannot wait till next month to read 161 and the last two issues of this whisper war so walking dead grab it it's been fantastic Now, coming in at number eight uh, from... uh, This is uh, from my favorite publisher name in the world ever. This is the Albatross Funny Books. This is uh, Eric Powell's Spook House. uh, Issue number one. I believe it's just a one-shot. And Spook House is titled like... uh, Titles for the young at heart. Because it's definitely an all-ages Halloween spooky book. And I love that. He has very much uh the love for monsters and monster tales and this is absolutely that it's these three little short hauntingly fun halloween stories and the first one is my favorite that's the one drawn written colored and everything from eric powell who his fantastic work with goon has been absolutely phenomenal and even uh recently he has the uh, hillbilly series so check those two out they're fantastic top notch but this is kind of a little break from that And like i said these three little short halloween stories the first one is these two sort of uh, preteen kids that are—they're just not affected by all of the Halloween haunts. They just—they believe they just can't be scared. Nothing can scare them. They're kind of the teen, you know, preteen bullies in the neighborhood. And some of the younger kids tell them, "Well, there is a haunted house that will definitely scare you." And it plays with that—is this really a haunted house that's for fun, or is this just a—you a, know—is it the real thing? And I love that. And it—it's—it's. Uh, it's, it's quite frightening and horrifying, but not too much. Like, it's definitely made for all ages. So if you uh, want to grab a comic for your kid, I know it's a little late. It's already... And It's one of those rare titles that'll be kind of hard to find. But if you're looking to get your kid something kind of fun and spooky, it is absolutely that. It's just hauntingly fun. And the second story is a simple sort of short story about this kid that finds this frog monster under his sink. And it's just it's just hilarious. And the kid's trying to he's like a, he's a kind of a latchkey kid, if you will. And he's a, he's got a single mom, and he's making like this peanut butter and spaghetti and apple dinner, <laughs> and that's just fun in itself. And how that looks, the visual of um, peanut butter spaghetti with apples in it. <laughs> and he comes to find this crazy frog monster under his sink and it's messing around with him and you would think he'd be initially scared but he's like he's this tough kid and uh i can relate to that you know he's a he's like a single mom kind of situation and he has to to help out and clean do the chores and clean the house and yet he doesn't want his mom who works really hard and who's gone all the time to be bothered with this frog monster and how he handles that is just kind of a little heartbreaking but a little adorable and he has to fight this frog monster that comes out from from the sink. So it's it's just fun. It's goony feeling. So definitely check that out. And the last one is how this uh, <laughs> there's advertisement in here. That he, Eric Powell loves these little do these little strange advertisements, but uh, you have to see this. It's like a fake commercial. It's Mangly Joe's bag of toes. And it's just hilarious. No additives or preservatives. Look for the name, Mangly Joe says it all. Quality in the meat aisle at your local grocery. Bag of toes. <laughs> But the next one's called Heck Razor And it's kind of fun with the Hellraiser series And this kid And it's just spooky good time fun You gotta check it out It's one that I would like to just uh, buy For young for a younger audience and, and read myself every Halloween It's just spooky fun And coming in at number 7 Is a the Strange Fruit series It's, the, uh, it's wrapping it up This is number 4 of 4 And Strange Fruit is gorgeous Beautiful Alex Ross style art This is... Uh, Created by the storytelling J.G. Jones and Mark Wade, and the art is by J.G. Jones. Now, Strange Fruit number three, I think, came out three months ago, so it's been a little while. But this is the this wraps it up. It's four of four, and to give you a little synapse of this story, Strange Fruit is kind of a what if, if Superman, uh, who happened to be black, crash landed in this this deep South uh, county in Mississippi. In like the 20s or 30s, where this uh, this dam, this levee is broken, and the and the town is facing being potentially flooded. I mean, there's complex issues here. The the KKK is involved. Uh, the the racism is just at level 10, and it's just so frustrating and makes you angry. But the art is this beautiful. Like I said, Alex Ross, hyper realistic. It's it's kind of this whole washed out because the the town is getting washed out by the levee. Look to it with a lot of sort of purple tones and hues. And the way the, the musculature is, is drawn in our main character that's kind of the, you know, like Superman that's black Is beautiful, it's gorgeous And they, he never has, uh, because he's so strong, every single one of his outfits just get destroyed And you get to see all of his muscles, it's crazy in all the amount of detail That's why it took three months to release this, it took that long Because the art is intricate and beautiful And each panel you have to sort of stop and look at They're just fantastic so I love it. It's um, it definitely, like I said, Alex Ross. If you don't know who that is, look him up. It's it's gorgeous, but Strange Fruit fruit has been beautiful and heartbreaking. And the end, uh, the ending of it, and the sort of wrapping up of it is not uh, the most positive thing in nature. It's uh, a little sad, but it's it very much evokes the emotion. All the face facial features are accurate and spot on, and he has to draw JG Jones just about every emotion there is. There's happy. There's sad. There's anger. There's frustrated. There's scared. I mean, he really goes through the the realm of all the facial emotions here, and there's sequences where our main character, the superhero character, puts on this, like, purple device on his wrist that helps uh, heal people, and there's someone that's shot, and he heals them, and it's really touching, and uh, it's really hopeful and inspiring, yet at the end, it ends up a little realistic to some of the racism and things that happened in that time, so um it's not overly graphic in nature it's uh it's almost like a little slice of history and into how things were in the deep south uh then and it's uh, a beautiful piece of art uh please buy strange fruit it's gorgeous jg jones fantastic work and coming in at number six is uh, a new number one here deadly class Uh, i mean uh, not deadly class fool killer number one uh, this is my honestly the surprise title of the week This really felt like a, a brand new image comic Like a new image number one But it wasn't It's from Marvel And this is written by uh, the team This has quite a, a large team on it But it's Max Bemis on storytelling And the art style is uh, It's definitely on the cartoony side But it's twisted You have penciler Dalibor Tijaljic I've seen it uh, His work before and a ton of things And it's, it's very well done and it's uh this is quite like an adult telling for marvel so i was a little surprised this is this is you know that they released this but it is a super messed up story here this is crazy this is a villain named fool killer that would uh, like kill people that he believed were fools (laughs) and shield manages to rehabilitate him and give him a job as a psychiatrist for villains for bcd class villains he has these um, psychologists uh, psychiatric sessions with them therapy sessions and trying to help them and so you're introduced to this character that has changed his life around but he does reference it he has someone waiting in the office that is a huge fan of the red skull and he puts like red he puts blood on his face to be like a sidekick of the red skull and he's kind of this Nazi uh, loving guy skinheadish if you will but he's not a skinhead like, he doesn't have a shaved head but yeah, and the, and the uh, the very positive approach that Fool Killer has here, it, it seems uh, like they've done their research on how therapy works, and I'm really surprised at how it does have that realistic approach to th- to, to therapy, uh, which uh, is is very unique in itself. It has a little bit of that to, to me, kind of that Sopranos feeling, like uh, he's going to this therapy session, but uh, ultimately there's bad stuff going on because these are these are villains that he's trying to rehabilitate and uh and yeah is he does he go the straight and narrow path that's the what leads us towards the ending here does fool killer stay as your psychiatrist or is he drawn into the world of villainy again that's ultimately where this goes and i can't spoil it i can't really talk about it anymore but it's uh fool killers mixed in with deadpool and other marvel heroes at times or villains and he's found a way to work with shield and become this this therapist it's it's nuts it's crazy and it's interesting and unique and they show a peek into his life he's got this girlfriend that he that he that he loves or likes and there's a little bit of complexity mixed in there uh she sort of likes him for being that villain and he kind of doesn't want to be that way anymore but it's an exciting part of their love life if you will and definitely a, a a series for the little the little older not maybe the young uh, the family-oriented kind of comic. That's why I was really surprised that it's from Image. There's this montage, by the way, where Hitler's involved, and the, <laughs> the Red Skull is like massaging Hitler's feet, and how he's sort of breaking down to his his patient that uh, you know this this want to being a sidekick like the Red Skull was. Like it is, like I said, has that unique and uh, realistic feel of how therapy would be if it were actually done by. An (laughs) ex-villain So, Fool Killer, check it out Definitely my surprise title of the week Very interesting Nuts, crazy story But now coming in at number (laughs) 5 Is uh, Deadly Class From Image Comics, number 23 This is written by Rick Remender And art by Wes Craig And his art is is weird and trippy And multicolored And he does a lot of very small panels With a lot of detail in it And a ton of neon And a lot of it's done in, in sort of this... Um, where the light source uh, is very much all over the place and in very kind of a silhouette kind of style and very sort of hyper cartoony, like a very sort of like strange kind of emo slash indie style of of, of art, where you first get introduced to this messed up character. Like this, this uh, uh, this opening sequence is it just breaks your heart and is messed up where. They're in Japan, and they're the this sort of gangster that works for someone, and he has to go and collect on this old man's little shop that is late on paying their their bribery money. Basically, so you have the the gangsters there trying to collect, and what he does, what this guy does to this old family, this this man and this wife is is messed up. And I don't want to spoil and tell you what actually happens, but he's there to collect, and uh, they don't have the money. And this old Japanese couple that are like in their 80s, uh, yeah, they really are setting up a bad guy that you want to hate, which I always say is the right thing to do when it comes to really interesting, really, uh, you know, hyper-focused villains is to make them to where you really hate them. And you hate this villain quickly with how you're introduced to him. But this this story is ultimately about the new kids, the new class, the new kids are in town and they're, they're cuckoo. They're... Out of this world nuts But I think that's cool that, that Rick Remander found a way To kind of keep this an ongoing series Because he can kind of um, make it like every four years Where there's a new batch of freshman students that are, that are coming into this school of assassins This is definitely an adult style comic And you still have Maya Maya from the previous batch of students That was the last of the remaining first batch of students First class if you will And Maya is been told by the headmaster to to mentor to follow to you don't know really where this is going a particular new young student and that's interesting there and there's a sparring session between the headmaster and maya here that's beautifully done and their martial arts style and it's done in a gazillion panels and there's still a lot of detail in all these panels and it's really doing a a beautiful job showing uh, martial arts style here and i love that it's realistic and it feels right and the way that speed is shown here just feels realistic and i love that so uh, you have to check out deadly class uh, this is definitely the start of the new arc so a great place to jump on i would grab the i would grab issue 22 to really start the new arc fresh but great art style like i said west craig crushing it on art it's absolutely beautiful and What's this new class gonna do? You're at this point. We're just kind of still being introduced to them, so a great time to jump on to this new class. But Maya has to to watch over this new student, and that's I think an interesting thing there. Where is that gonna go? But very nice introduction to the new class. The new class is messed up. Let me tell you. But uh, coming in at number four is from Marvel Comics, Moon Knight, Moon Knight issue number eight, and this is. <laughs> I tell you, this uh, picks up right where our schizophrenic uh, multi-personality, like, multi-personality disorder hero left off. Which is, well, no one is really sure exactly where we left off. I mean, it's just, <laughs> But I'm loving it. It's, it's this mentally unstable ride of madness. Where you have your Moon Knight character who has multiple personality problems. He believes he's, he's Mark Spector. He's in the 70s at some point, he's then also in this weird space fighting these, these wolves But this is him being interrogated by in a police room because the last issue left off Where he uh, his sanctum, his, this diner that he goes to with all his friends, they've been murdered And he is the primary suspect And as he's sitting there being questioned, boom, now it's Mark Spector uh, filming a Doctor Strange movie and then he's uh, boom right back to the 70s again being questioned for that murder and it's literally doing that it changes gears it's jarring and it's supposed to be in like i said multiple personality disorder he puts on the moon knight outfit and finds a character that you believed was dead and this character even knows that he's dead and he believes that anything i tell you doesn't really exist so it's all sort of inside his mind but that is what moon knight is all about it's it's what is reality, what is not Is he nuts, is he not nuts uh, At this point, this is really leading towards He's very much nuts <laughs> And But I love that Francesco Francovilla, you have like three Artists here, and every time that it changes Time frame And changes sort of one of the personalities The art style changes You have Francesco Francovilla doing the 70s Wilfredo Torres doing the Space epic drama that's happening And uh, James Stokey doing the They're filming a movie And Greg Smallwood kind of fills in here and there Which makes me feel like Greg Smallwood is maybe the reality Of what really is happening Maybe, sort of, I'm not sure (laughs) But I love Moon Knight for that It's definitely something different And unique and weird And uh, I love it for that And every single month I look forward to it coming out So don't stop doing what you're doing there Moon Knight It is beautiful work, thank you so much Written by Jeff Lemire, who's crushing it He's, uh, he's definitely doing fantastic work here. So, fantastic. So, now here we go. We're breaking into the top three. These are the, the three best this week. And they were fantastic. All of them are fantastic. These three really stood out. And our number three right off the bat is the art winner and cover art winner. This is Unworthy Thor number one. And this is art by, uh, this is written by Jason Aaron, who's doing Southern Bastards. Artist Oliver Coipel, who is beautiful. Color artist Matthew Wilson. And like I said, the cover is just beautiful with the unworthy Thor Odinson trying to reach for a different kind of hammer that is also imbued that's kind of like Mjolnir, but maybe not. It's kind of an axe more like than a hammer, but has a hammer side of it. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And you have Thor Odinson in kind of this red hood. He's like big red riding hood kind of thing going on here. (laughs) And this just kind of tells us what... Thor uh, Odinson's been up to, like where he's been, like, you know, kind of finally we get to see what he's been up to as you have uh, Jane Foster, the uh, Thorette, the goddess of thunder. This is telling us what's going on with Thor uh, Odinson. And he's mostly been going around punching things in the face and uh, with, you know, his lack of Mjolnir and uh, just a, a lot of mead consumption. That's what's happening. <laughs> but I'm totally into that. I'm totally okay with that. The art is just fantastic and beautiful and gorgeous. He's fighting a bunch of people here for why you don't really know. But it's a beautiful fight sequence. You have like lightning hammers. And you have like uh, all these strange sort of uh, aliens and beings that are coming after him. With these lightning rod kind of things. And it's gorgeous. And he has no uh, ability to control the thunder or the storms. He can't. He's just fighting old school style. Why they're attacking him. You're not really sure. Is he trying to escape? You're not really sure. But they zip on over to three months later where they show him on the moon back trying to find the hammer that's ultimately what he's trying to do he was whispered something and he dropped the hammer on the moon and was never able to pick it up again so maybe this is going to tell us what he heard or someone whispered into his ear uh, what happened like why is he not worthy anymore and i think that's ultimately where this story is going that's why it's so interesting and of course there's some trolls that he has to smite you always love when thor is smiting trolls why not it's a beautiful action sequence here and uh, you know he's he's powered down here. He's not all powerful. He's got to he's got to fight the old-fashioned way. And there's like a, a master boss troll here that is a uh, yeah very uh very uh interestingly drawn and uh, has this kind of cool like vest that's blue and green and it's, he's just like kind of looks like a hulkish like figure with pointy ears. But anyway, uh, it's it's just a romp, a kind of a galaxy romping feel to it. Because he is sort of all over the place He has this goat that he rides That's kind of his sidekick slash friend And the ending is of a great little appearance Someone that shows up I don't want to tell you who it is But uh, it just made my nerd heart go pitter patter And there is this new sort of uh, being here That's kind of a, a cosmic watcher But you're not really sure Very mysterious I like that you're kind of, who is that and wh- what's their importance and why are they here? But they're all seeing, all knowing, and the visual of them, fantastic. Kind of has like the spawn chains that that uh, fly around uh, to their very whim. But un- Unworthy Thor, definitely one to grab. Great point to jump on. I-, I can't wait to see how that ties into the Mighty Thor series and where that's going to go. But, I mean, top-notched art here. Just beautiful, beautiful work. And I'm going to be looking a little more into uh, Mr. Koipel. Because it is is beautiful and it's fantastic and yeah, great place to jump in. By the way, just grab Unworthy One, Unworthy Thor number one immediately. You will not be disappointed. And coming in at number two, also from Jason Aaron and uh, written by Jason Aaron and art by Jason Latour is Southern Bastards issue 15. And this is finally the issue we've been waiting for. I mean. When when Mr. When Tubbs was uh, killed in the middle of the street in this this crazy racist murderous town where they're centered around Friday Night Lights and Coach Boss who runs the town murdered uh, Mr. Tubbs in the middle of the street and now his his daughter Roberta Tubbs has arrived in this town to seek revenge for her father being murdered like he was murdered in the middle of the town he carried around this sort of like tree trunk ish kind of walking stick. And when he was beaten to death with it, they hung it inside the local favorite barbecue joint. And it's there. And he, she's there for that. She's got a bag of guns. Uh, Roberta is pissed. And she wants to, to go right at Coach Boss. It seems like she's done some investigation that was teased into um, some prior issues where she sort of knows exactly what happened, that it was Coach Boss that murdered her father because he's the, the head boss. He's the head soprano, if you will, in, in town, and everybody knows that he will put you down if you don't follow his, his rules, but it's also very it all focuses around that Friday night nights Friday night lights aspect so there's you know football that's that's sort of infused into it i'm not the biggest football fan but i love the way it's it's a community feel and it's a very messed up community and very racist community and very insane to what their their organized crime and how they're dealing with with that and what they import export etc but this is just a glimpse into how things are going the football team team is not doing well coach boss is trying to avoid having to do some dirty underwork to keep the team going to take out players he's like look that's a tradition we have is to play the game clean and solid and not break those rules does he break the rules that's what this is about but it's also about Roberta Tubbs observing and I like that she's just sort of just kind of wandering around this town just kind of observing to kind of see where things are with her giant bag of guns just waiting for the right time and I don't feel, because of the history of Southern Bastards, that anyone is safe here. I'm absolutely rooting for Roberta Tubbs to kind of wipe out most of this town, <laughs> in a way. Uh, especially all the people doing all the organized crime stuff and killing people. And There's a deep history of messed up characters that Jason Aaron has so lovingly laid out here. But you don't really know if, she, if Roberta Tubbs is going to be successful in this revenge. It just doesn't feel... Like anyone is safe, and then it's really going to go the way that she wants it to go. But I hope it does. <laughs> so it's a very messed up comic. Like I said, based in that whole sort of Friday Night Lights and a revenge story. And Roberta Tubbs came back from Iraq, serving tours there in Afghanistan, and you just want her to to be successful in her revenge and and take Coach Boss down. But Willie, I mean, he's got a network of racist guys that are all with him, uh, and it's just one one Roberta Tubbs. But She's an ass kicking lady like her dad was, so maybe. And she's got a lot of guns, and she spent some time in the military seeing some really messed up stuff. So if anyone can do it, she can do it, I hope. And get her father's uh, beaten stick back, and I don't know, clean up the town, but we'll see. But uh, it's just, I'm glad to see it back. I'm glad to see, which we've been waiting for Roberta Tubb to come back for like 12 issues, and there she is. So yes, where's that going to go? I don't know, but I'm in, all in. Here we go now, Uh, coming in, the number one pick of the week, Uh, and I just, I loved this comic, I've been looking forward to it for a while coming, and it is from Abstract Studio, Mr. Terry Moore, Motor Girl, number one, and man this is refreshing this is feel good this is hopeful this is fun this is interesting this is unique character building that's just a few ways i would describe this comic i mean what terry moore delivers and always delivers is a very realistic sensibility of women in comics i mean not only just how he draws them physically but some of the little not forced very subtle ways that he writes women i mean they're heartwarming they're complex i mean this is master class work in my opinion and i don't know with um it's just kind of a it's hard to put a finger on the genre of this comic which that's just the way it is but you ultimately have motor girl who is uh the she works in a a kind of a junkyard with her best friend that's a walking talking gorilla (laughs) and so motor girl her name here by the way i feel like i just want to point that out for some reason which i'm always really really bad with names but i'm going to take a second and point out to what her name is once i find it um but i i love that there's they have this the the her her walking talking uh you know ape friend they have uh they have history there they they have a deep friendship there they kind of know each other they could kind of finish each other's sentences they're they're seriously close and it's and it's very heartwarming, and and uh, it's and there's this this character Libby that comes to visit. She's kind of the owner of the junkyard, and they're all so very tight. And it's uh, the dialogue between them is, is just so humorous. It made me laugh on like five or six different occasions. Uh, Motor girl's name is Sam, as I'm going through it and looking for it. Samantha, and I already forgot what the ape's name, but who cares? Doesn't matter. But this is kind of a, a you're just getting some some introduction here to the characters and the dialogue between uh between sam and her gorilla friend uh, are just it's just heartwarming and fun but they also really care for each other and i love that the way terry moore goes from very hyper realistic and the emotion on the face is so clearly there to like calvin and Hobbes tuning style like he just switches it in a in a blink and it really conveys the the humor and the lightheartedness and the fun and and then when it gets serious, you see him hyper-detail and hyper-close-up. The realistic looking in the eyes and the face and the and the tear, the welling of the tears and eyes. Like, it's just beautiful and you feel it. And I love that, uh, What what is going to happen here? She references that she spent some time in the military and may have some, you know, PTSD, possibly. Uh, Mike, that's who the, the monkey's name, Mike the monkey, or Mike the ape. And... That, she references that, and Mike is there for her, and there's like this sweet moment where they embrace each other, and it's just like, huh. I, I mean, I felt it, and it just because of the way he writes and the the realistic tone that he sets, but then, then he goes right into this sort of cartoony style when aliens are there, <laughs> and they have like the flying saucer style of aliens, and it's just fun, and they have this sort of uh, peanuts kind of feel to them and Sip Kids comes right into mind that the aliens kind of have that Sip Kids feeling and look and sensibility and they only speak by like beep, bicks, box, boops. And uh, it has that, um, that, that 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 fun sort of, I don't know, that, that flashback to fun aliens and where they're not going to kill us and there just seem to be like these young little kids uh, basically but where is this all going I, I i you just don't know yet but it's it's setting up this great little world and some world building here there is a uh sort of ominous presence here that wants to buy the junkyard for a astronomical amount of money and libby is conflicted with the owner of the junkyard with whether she wants to sell or not because part of it is she keeps it she keeps it for sam because it's kind of her family and she even libby even tells her sam like i love you like my i love you more than I would my own daughter and 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 sam is like you have a daughter like that's really messed up Libby. <laughs> but i laughed a ton uh you almost cry a little your eyes will tear up the friendship uh between the two is really what it's all about but get motor girl if you can just go right to his website go to terry moore's website follow him on instagram twitter facebook just search terry moore he'll come up it's like terry moore art i believe but it is wonderful and uh, he self-publishes here in this is abstract studio title it's black and white but like i said uh such a variation in art style uh, hyper realistic to cartooning black and white i mean i do wish it was colored but i mean for me to love it this much when it's not colored really says a lot folks i mean like i said uh refreshing feel good hopeful beautiful um there's so much of it and just the unique character building is really enough for me to be fully in on this. So, absolutely love it. That's easily my number one pick of the week. So there you have it, there you go. Those are all my recommendations for new comic book day, November 2nd, Wednesday. Please just go to a local comic book shop and buy these immediately. Most of them will be fairly accessible except for, say, Terry Moore and a couple of others like Eric Powell's work on the Spook spook House or Spooky House. But uh, go go to a local comic book shop, tell them that Chris at Sunspots Comics sent you and buy these comic books immediately. You will not be disappointed trust me on that if you have also questions comments or maybe you want a more personal comic book recommendation just email me directly chris at sunspotscomics.com. and if i choose your email and discuss it on a future podcast i will send you a free comic book prize as a personal thank you from me and uh, please tune in next week for issue number 80 can't believe we're at 80 Uh, there's some awesome stuff coming out i'm really looking forward to all-star batman next week uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which I know is like every three months that comes out, Chimichanga from Eric Powell, uh, just to name a few, ooh, uh, Daredevil 13's coming out, that brand new villain, uh, and, and his sidekick called Blindspot, uh, so I'm really looking forward to Daredevil next week, and The Flash is out again, so a ton of really super good stuff coming up next week, and I can't wait, so please tune in for that, and there's also 13 comics that I'm collecting all together, uh, November 4th, November 9th, and four new number 1s, so potentially 17 comic books I will be reading and breaking down and reviewing and talking you into hopefully buying the top-notch great ones. So please check us out. So thank you so much for listening, and if you would just do me a small little favor, if you really enjoyed the podcast and you want to help us, just go to iTunes, give us a positive review with five stars, and uh, I will just actually personally thank you and read it on a future podcast. So it really helps the show a lot. If you would do that, we'd really appreciate it. So so there you go folks see you next week don't forget to be like water my friends be water and of course like yoda says fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering (laughs) there you go so there you go folks see you next week talk to you later bye see it either i was like damn
1: and it because it, it's all that's hysterical yeah. um i couldn't <laughs> what was it out, but like it looked like it had circles on it i don't know if it was something dr strange it might have just been a doctor strange comment yeah cool.
0: what was he reading it's gonna bug um, me